This is the Horse Radio Network. I'm Stacy Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage Edition. And the topic of the podcast today is Western Dressage Freestyle. Dolly Hannon joins me again, but this time to discuss freestyle. And you might remember that last time she shared her insights with us on contact and connection back in episode 568. Well, this time Dolly's back sharing how to create a dressage freestyle and giving us some insights into how it is judged. So it's really great if you have any interest in freestyle, this is the episode for you. But before we dive into that, Diney Swanson from the Western Dressage Association of America is here with me to discuss the WDAA World Show. Hi, Diney. Hey, how are you? I am very good. And I was very interested to see the decision online that was kind of announced that the Western Dressage World Show will be going online. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, that that was an agonizing decision to make uh, for the board and for me to you know guide them through the decision. Um, but we are so lucky to be able to pivot to online. It's it's just it fits very well for us. Um, as you know, we started recognizing online shows when when this whole COVID mess started. So we, you know, had a little bit of an introduction to it, um, but, you know, we were still, we had a lot of people that were very excited to show at the World Show, a lot of new people that had never been to the show that were, you know, super excited about going, and then to have to break that news to them was was just gut-wrenching, but the response that we received was overwhelmingly positive. Mm. Uh, people were sad that we canceled, but they were very thankful that we, you know, that we made that decision. Um, Every kind of communication you could imagine, we received uh, praising us and thanking us. It it was wonderful. Um, And what went into, there were, you know, three or four main things that went into making the decision. And it was, you know, financially for everybody, if, Mm -hmm. if we were, you know, to be forced to cancel the show at the last minute, mm-hmm. like they did at the Pony Finals, um, where people were already on the property and they had to cancel. Um, it was it was obviously the health of our exhibitors and our staff and our volunteers that we had to think about, and then it was the fun factor. Um, it w- if we did it in person, it just wasn't going to be as fun as it normally is. And you were there last year, you know, you know, we put on a lot of parties and it's very social mm-hmm. and we just weren't going to be able to pull that off. So that's why we made the decision. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good also because uh, the majority of people I've talked to about it were like, yay, this means I'm going to be able to enter this year because there exactly. is, you know, I'm over here in Ohio. It's a pretty significant investment to haul all the way to Oklahoma and yeah. so I've heard people that hadn't really considered driving out there because of, you know, the expense, the timing, the 
you know, the inexperience of hauling that far, all of the above that are saying, cool, now I'm going to enter the online one. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there were people that were excluded too. And we're not, ex, you know, we don't exclude people, but Canada mm. was excluded. That's they could not have come. Um, and a lot of states couldn't come without, if they came to the show, then they'd have to go home and quarantine. Yeah. So it, it just, we didn't want to exclude anybody. And by doing this now, we, we've, I, I don't know, it's, I'm not going to call it a can of worms, but we now have people from all over the world excited about. <laughs> so we've got people from um, from Sweden and England and France and wow. Australia, all very excited about entering. So it's going to be really fun and interesting. It is. And so competitive. What, what can you tell me about, um, like, like say? For me, if I'm going to enter online or somebody like me who's out there listening to this, what's this process going to be like? Are you going to have an opening and closing date for um, accepting the entries? And is that the same as the entry and closing date for the videos or how's that work? We're going to do it a little differently than than most have done it just because of the the sheer size that we're going to have. Um, We're going to have at least five judges. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way we have it set up, uh, we're doing it in phases. And I've got the prize list right here. It will be out very soon for everybody. Uh, phase one is the entries. That's the entry period. And I'll, t- I'll tell you right here, it's going to be from September 14th through September 28th. That's when everybody will enter. They, they won't be submitting videos, but they will you know, pay and enter the classes that they're going to be submitting videos for. That's pretty much then like a regular show. Two. Yeah. So then phase two the video submissions will be accepted. We will be taking in videos at that time. And that will begin October 1st, which is the day the show would have started anyways for tests and go through October 19th. So by, by the 19th, we will have all videos submitted and they will have gone through our equipment checkers. Mm. So Every video that gets sent will be viewed by an equipment checker first before it gets to the judge. So the judge doesn't have to worry about checking for all of that. Phase three is when the judging begins. And that will start October 22nd and run through November 5th. Mm. And by that time, we'll know how many judges we need. So we'll, we'll have at least five and then we'll, we'll have several judges on call. Um, you know, to, to have them ready to judge at that time. Mm. Um, one thing we're going to do during phase one is I think everybody's familiar by now with the online show requirement that you have to hold up a little sign at the beginning of your video showing the show and the date and the horse and all of that. Mm-hmm. When you send in your entries and they are confirmed, you will receive a confirmation email and that will have that little sign pre-filled for you to print out and use. Okay, cool. So then, and then the plan is to have everything tied up and all results in and we're going to figure out some way to do a live online award ceremony November 14th, which is a Saturday. Nice. You're still going to manage to pull off a party online. 
yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> we're you know, figuring it out as we go. Uh, but every single exhibitor, whether you win a, an award or not, everybody will receive a gift bag. Wow. So shipping of the awards and the gift bags will begin that next week of November. Okay. That so is it, a, be, <laughs> impressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the prize list will be coming out soon. And this is a, the, for the, our points program. Um, the world show is always worth three points, three times the points. Mm-hmm. So of a regular show. So this, show will be worth one and a half points in our mm-hmm. points program. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I, it does actually, I really like how you laid it out in the three phases because it, it made it a lot easier for me to follow the phase one entry period mm-hmm. acts just like a regular show. Basically phase two yep. is when the videos now, are you hoping people will be creating the videos during that time too? They can like, you know, during, the, like, the, the October 1st to October 19th is, is your intention for those videos to be created during that time or does it matter? They can create them at that time or they can create them once they receive their confirmation email. Okay. That makes sense. And, and then also during the judging, because our, it is our show secretary and um, she's going to be hosting the show or, you know, providing the platform for it it's going to be pretty much the same online entry as everybody's used to. Okay. And the, the way everybody's figured out how to judge these shows, um, you know, with scanning and sent and emailing tests and everything, she will be, she'll have a live scoreboard. Oh, that is super cool. (laughs) Yeah. So as soon as she gets those tests back from the judges, she'll be posting scores. So there will be scores going up during phase three. Oh, that's actually really exciting. That's exciting. Cause yeah. I know at the world show last year, that was one of the things you kept checking your phone to see yeah. the updates and yeah. that stuff. So that's actually really, that's really fun that that's going to be happening too. Nice. Yeah. And I will give everybody a, a, a tip. Uh, this is your exclusive tip. Enter awesome. online, do everything online. Do not send in your entries by mail because it will delay everything getting back to you. Mm. Yeah. So just, you know, enter, pay online, then you're in the system and you get your, you'll be getting your confirmation email much quicker than you would if you mailed your entries in with a check. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wow, that's uh, that was a lot of work for you guys. For, I'm sure it was a lot of emotions for you guys to make the decision, a lot of work to organize it, but it sounds like it's really well organized. And um, yeah, this is going to be really fun. I love that tip, enter online, keep it all in one package. They do have great, you know, the system is really great for working, working inside of. And um, yeah, any other tips for us before we go? Or is this pretty much like... I think that that's it. That was a lot. So. <laughs> I think I've told everybody. We yeah. do need sponsorships. We still need sponsorships. I'll be in the prize list. There is a sponsorship farm at the back. We still okay. need your help. Okay. 
Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing that with all of us, because I know once the announcement was made that it was going online, the next question was like, how is this going to be working? And I think this answers that question very nicely. And yeah, I look forward to seeing this on the live the live, uh, the live board actually makes me happier than I would have guessed because I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of opportunities with this that we're discovering now. Yeah, here's the hidden hidden benefits of this very odd year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, silver lining. <laughs> silver lining. <laughs> well, thanks again, and I'll talk to you again next month. We would like to welcome ProStride as a brand new title sponsor for the Dressage Radio Show, including the Western Dressage episode. ProStride is the all-natural solution for lameness. It uses the power of your horse's own blood to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve mobility to keep them sound. ProStride can be completed stall-side by your veterinarian in just 20 minutes with no need for trailering. ProStride is backed by years of science and success stories. Olympians to pleasure riders, trainers, horse owners, and their veterinarians trust the improved performance and lasting results reported with a single injection. No series, no daily supplements, and no monthly regimen. When every stride counts, demand the difference they deserve. Ask your veterinarian about ProStride. Learn more at pro-stride.com. That's pro-stride.com. For this podcast, I have an expert on dressage freestyle, both Western and traditional dressage. Dolly Hannon is based out of Colorado, but she travels worldwide helping people learn the art of dressage. Dolly is a USEFS judge a USEF Large R Western Dressage judge. She is the current chair of the USDF Freestyle Committee, and she's been a freestyle presenter at the WDAA Judges Seminar several times. Plus, she even helped write the tests. So thank you so much for taking the time to help educate us, Dolly. And I have a confession to make. I don't know much about dressage freestyle, aside from the fact that I love watching it. So I'd love to start with a really broad question if you were asked to describe dressage freestyle to someone who'd never seen it before, how would you describe it? Well, thank you for asking me. And um, the way I would describe it, and I believe this is why the freestyles have become so popular in all disciplines, both reigning classical dressage and Western dressage, is that whether you know if someone's done something technically correct or not, you can tell if they're dancing to the music or not. You mm-hmm. can tell if the horse looks happy in his job and is being ridden in harmony and fairly. So for me, it's always been such an important and exciting component of showing the relationship between the horse and the rider, which is such a special relationship. Again, whether or not you know much about horses or not, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the first time I searched for dressage freestyles and found Charlotte and Vallegro, I really, I couldn't have told you hardly any terms to do with dressage. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so, and also it, just referencing your your freestyle that you saw, Charlotte and Vallegro had, um, for me, among the best harmony 
or the best harmony and the most correct basics that I'd ever seen. Mm. I was blown away when I saw him in person in Las Vegas. So um, it was very exciting. And and seeing it in person makes a big difference because you get more of a feel of the music. The music has much more impact in person than it does at times on um, a video because oftentimes, too, when they record the videos, they'll have someone making comments, which just drive me crazy, (laughs) just because I really want to enjoy the music and the ride. I mean, I don't mind a few things being pointed out, but boy, if someone talks the whole time, it drives me crazy. Mm. So um, in person, you get the full impact of the music. And you can also really see, if you're close enough, you know, how the two really work together. Is the horse happy? Is the rider looking as if they're really enjoying it? Or does it look, um, you know, is there is there some tension involved? So Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend trying to see freestyles in person when they come back to this country. Everyone should go. Oh, that's awesome. Now, do you remember the first time you saw freestyle? Well, I think the very first time I saw a freestyle was in the 70s. And Hilda Gurney used to travel back and forth between California and the East Coast where she did her USET training. Uh, She was a double Olympian and to help pay her expenses going back and forth, she would stop at various places along the way and give demonstrations. And at the the time, I'm pretty sure she wrote a freestyle for us on her double Olympic team horse named Keen. And everyone who was there, and they're probably, I don't know, maybe 50 people, maybe 75, were blown away because we'd never seen real dressage before and we'd never seen a big powerful horse like this in an extended trot or canter and uh, we were all so impressed and for me that was really the start of my real interest in dressage I'd, I'd, I'd seen a little bit locally but I really didn't have any idea what the upper levels would look like because back then we didn't have a lot of upper level horses in Colorado so I'll never forget that initial uh, taste and I became very good friends with Hilda Gurney and she's been my mentor for many years so it uh, certainly made a big impression on me that is awesome that I yeah I love that and and is that part of what you know I think that might be like you said what what draws people into freestyles you can see that and I think freestyle is a great way to introduce people to sports I know in the reigning world where I come from and the freestyles that are there, they do a great job of drawing people in and then they start learning the technical. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, I'm sure we don't have time for the full judging of freestyle in depth, but I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell and explain a few ways it might be different than judging a regular dressage test. Well, you are still deck, excuse me, you are still judging the technical aspects of the ride being presented. And the one real difference between raining and a Western dressage freestyle is that in raining, um, there's a lot more speed. There's a lot more excitement. And not that there's not excitement in Western dressage freestyles, but it's, it's, there's less speed. So that's one thing that really draws people into the raining freestyles. And anyone who's interested in learning a little bit more about it, can go online to the WDAA website 
and the you can look up the uh, freestyle score sheets, and it gives you an idea as to what's expected at each level and what movements you're going to see. So it makes it a little bit less confusing. You you can look and say, oh, okay, this is what they have to do for this level, and the judge will initially judge all of the compulsory elements for technical correctness and come up with a score. At the end of the ride, there's a few little collective marks on the gate, the impulsion and the cooperation, um, which replaces submission in terms of a word on the technical side. And then what makes judging a freestyle challenging is that while you're looking at the technical elements, you have to be assessing the music and the artistic merit compulsory elements. So in both open dressage and in Western dressage, there's a technical side and an artistic side to the score sheet. So the judge, as they're making sure that the person has included all of the required elements and what the technical correctness is, has to make sure that someone isn't doing something above the level, someone isn't doing a forbidden movement that doesn't happen that much anymore, happened in the beginning, and keeping track of the harmony, the choreography. These are examples of the scores on the artistic side. So there are, I'm looking right now at an intro level freestyle, there are eight compulsory elements that must be included, three more I would say, collective marks at the bottom. And then there are five compulsory elements on the artistic side, and they both have the same amount of scores. Mm. So, yeah. So it's not just a technical ride that's musically enhanced, um, but without good music, it's oftentimes not successful. And the first time I saw some of the freestyles at the Western Dressage World Show, people didn't know yet what was expected. So they put on a piece of music and they had a nice horse and they rode and tried to do everything that might be expected, but there wasn't necessarily a plan. There wasn't necessarily music that changed with the gates or paces. So that's the one thing you start to be able to appreciate is that the amount of time someone's put into one of these to come up with music that suits the horse, makes the horse look better. The music comes on and you think, wow, that horse just grew three inches. Mm. And also um, a pattern that shows the horse to its best advantage. Music that, that um, perhaps suits the horse's character or personality or type. Um, and you can tell when it's good, whether or not you know what they're doing, because it looks as if, it's fluid and thought out and a clear partnership. So that's what the judge is really evaluating. I had no idea that the artistic side of it counted for almost as much as the technical side. That is interesting to know. Well, it's actually not almost as much. It's exactly the same. Exactly the same the number same. of points. Same number of points for technical as artistic and but if you if you look at the artistic marks, the five marks, the first one's harmony, that is to some degree still um, a technical mark because if they're not working as a partner and if they don't have correct basics, they can't get a high score there. Mm-hmm. That that particular co that particular compulsory 
artistic mark has the highest coefficient. And then choreography, degree of difficulty has a low coefficient. Degree of difficulty means that the rider is up to the level of the, the highest test of the level. And then they're able to push a little bit beyond what might be required in that highest test by using combinations of movements and um, um, perhaps going for it a little bit more to, to show the judge that the horse is up to that level. And then the other two are for music. The, the fourth artistic score is the music score, and suitability is the most important criteria, criteria for that. And then the last is interpretation, how the music expresses the gates and the using of the, the rider's use of phrasing and dynamics. So that's why just writing to one piece of music, unless it's very involved, oftentimes would get a lower interpretation score because if it's one piece of music, there's no real change. There should be a definite change for the walk music, the jog music, and the lope music. And then there should be a change for the paces of the gates, meaning a lengthening. Um, you, should, you should close your eyes and think, oh, look, they're going to lengthen because the music has become uh, more of a crescendo. Or it's not just louder, but it, it has a, a more intense feeling. So it's pretty complicated to judge them well. Most judges that are good at this have a real system of keeping track of the artistic side while they're doing the technical side, and then hopefully being able to come up with a comment at the bottom to help the person understand how they were scored or um, appreciate the amount of time they put into it. So it's it's pretty complicated. I've, I've been working on it for many years now, and I still, with a big class, keep track of all the scores, just to be sure I'm consistent. If I said that one person rode to background music and whatever score I might have given, I want to be consistent within a class. Mm -hmm. um, so that keeping track is quite important. And WDAA and um, USDF both have score sheets for the judges to, to keep track uh, of their scores within classes so that if the judges want to discuss it, let's say it's a panel of judges. They have some way to remember all the rides and talk about them in a clear manner. Or sometimes you might even have a competitor want to talk to the judge through the technical delegate or the steward. And with that score sheet, you can say, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, here's your music. And this is what I thought. And you, know, you at least have enough notes to be able to discuss it a little bit. So it it is quite complicated. Well, I appreciate that the judges put in all the effort because that does sound like it takes a lot to process all at the same time while you're judging. So that is very impressive. And we're going to take a short break right now. But afterwards, I would love to ask some questions about creating a freestyle. Are you up for that? Sure. No words can describe the depth of the bond between a horse and his person. A kiss at the gate just before you turn him out. The soft touch of his muzzle on your hand as he scoops up the treat out of your palm. The warmth of his body under your legs as you saunter bareback across the pasture. The beat of his hooves as you gallop in perfect rhythm cross-country. 
the sensation of flying as you clear the oxer, the sense of peace that comes over you as you walk together down the quiet trail, the sound of him contently eating his dinner, the feel of his warm, soft coat under your hand, the feeling you get when it's just you and your horse. It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Equijewel. Fight back against an energy crisis that can impact condition and performance. Equijewel is a high-fat, low-starch and sugar formula that was developed to safely meet the energy needs of your horse. The horse that matters to you matters to us. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Dolly, that was a lot of information before the break, which is awesome because I had no idea about the judging and the music and the, the, the artistic side being scored so highly. So now my wheels are spinning in my head about when I do come up to the day where I create my own freestyle. So... I would love to talk about tips for people creating freestyles. I imagine that you've helped a few people. I've found a bunch of articles online where you've written a lot about this. So do you have some tips for people either creating a freestyle for the first time or somebody who wants to improve their freestyle? Well, I certainly do. (laughs) 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 It just depends how much time you want to spend. Um, if someone's interested in, in starting to, to do a freestyle or work on a freestyle, the first thing that I would really encourage them to do is to know the rules. Now, the rules are pretty short. It's pretty concise. So that would be on the USEF website under the Western Dressage Rules. And then you want to be able to really familiarize yourself with the score sheet. If you're showing at intro level, you can find the score sheets on the WDAA website and understand what the judge expects to see, what's included. There is no minimum time. There is a maximum time. And especially for the lower levels, you do not need to do the full maximum time. What happens when you do is you start to repeat things. And the judge has to judge every time you put in a required movement. So let's say, for example, you have to do a circle. Every circle you do is judged. So you want to be a little careful that you haven't put so many circles in to fill up the full five minutes that the judge starts to pull their hair out. So familiarizing yourself with the score sheets, the rules, and then for many people, I meet many people that tell me that they're, one of their main goals in riding is to be able to ride a freestyle. If somebody is very musical and quite computer savvy, they can probably do their own music using some of the music mixing software that's now available. An example, just an example, I'm not promoting this, is Audible is one. Or they can hire a freestyle designer who probably has different levels of services and pricing. I've asked a few people that do it. I don't, I don't do it. I help my own students, but I don't, I don't produce freestyles. Um, but I asked a couple of freestyle designers, and they said that on the low end for a Western Dressage freestyle, it might be $350 to $500. It goes up from there. So sounds like a lot of money, 
but I have to say, it, there's a lot of time involved. So if, if it's in the budget, that would be highly recommended. You also can find a local professional music editor to mix it for you. Um, then if you did that, you could find a local instructor or judge to just run the choreography by or show them what you've got just to get some, get some feedback. If you did decide to do it yourself, here are some basic steps to follow. One, you need to find music that you absolutely love that is very suitable for your horse's type, gates, and character. You're going to be listening to this music over and over again, so you better really like it. It should have some sort of a theme or have a similar orchestration, instrumentation, or be performed by complimentary artists. It doesn't have to all be Hank Williams. I saw one in Kentucky by Hank Williams. And so it doesn't have to be just one artist. Vocals are fine. But the only problem with vocals is, is that oftentimes they don't have a lot of changes in within the music. So there isn't a lot to interpret. And you want to be sure your horse is the star and not the vocalist. Mm. So if you're not musical, you know, look into getting some help because some people really feel music and some people don't. If you have a good video of your horse and their gates and paces, you want to check the horse's natural tempos, which is the speed, for the walk, jog, and the lope. And perhaps use more than one video to get a range of tempos. You can use a metronome app that you can put on your phone for free, or you can buy a metronome, you know, the little tick, tick, tick um, mm -hmm. that helps you to judge the tempo or speed. You want to time the gates and paces. Paces are the variations of the gates, like a lengthening. And then if you've chosen some music that you just think, this is, this is it, I, I want to ride to this music, you'll play your pieces of music as you watch a video and figure out what seems to be closest to your horse's natural tempo. If I'm watching a freestyle and, my, and I close my eyes, I should know what the gate is. I should know, oh, that's a jog or a trot or that's a lope or a canter. The lope and the walk are similar. So sometimes you can use a softer piece of music within a suitable piece of music for the lope. Um, but the jog and the lope are quite different. So you want to be careful. You do have a couple of pieces of music. There should be places in your music where you could lengthen if you're competing at level one or above. If the music's too linear or monotone, it just doesn't work well. So you have to kind of search for your music. You want to choose three or more pieces or songs, or at least two, as I mentioned. Um, and either, you know, through trial and error, if you're good on the computer, you can mix it yourself or have it professionally edited to the approximate time that you need to fit all the movements in. So you can see why you need to really be clear about how many movements you need to include. Mm -hmm. um, many people, as I mentioned earlier, repeat movements and the freestyle ends up too long. So there are two basic approaches, kind of the old fashioned one, which I have done for a long time and can be done for lower level freestyles. You choose the music, you mix it to an, appro an appropriate time 
and then you choreograph it. Now, on the high end for our upper levels and our Olympic riders, they do a pattern they want to ride. They send it to a freestyle designer with music suggestions, and the freestyle designer fits the music to the choreography. But that gets pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. If you decide to do the music yourself, um, then you have to time how long it takes you to do different things. For example, how long does it take you to do 20 meters of the required free walk and 20 meters of the working walk? Um, how long does it take you to do the circles? You know, and you start to come up with a time and you get a little bit of a feel for that. You want to time the portions of a test that you rode. Like let's say you've got a, a test, a video of a test of you doing um, an introductory test. Well, you could say, all right, how long did it take me to do those two jog circles and those two lope circles? And you start to get an idea. You don't want to look like you're rushing through this, so it doesn't have to be super short, but it also doesn't have to be too long. Um, if you mix the music yourself, you can change the tempo of most music, now vocals vary, by up to 15% without distortion. So that's where being musical is kind of important. Say so you're watching your video and you think, oh, that's close to the jog. You could change it a little bit. Um, you want to try to form a composition from the pieces that you've chosen, but you don't need to get too busy or choppy in putting your music together. You can use a little fading, like fading from one piece to another, but not too long a fade, definitely not a pause in the music or a, a, you know, just a choppy cut. So we try to make the cuts between the pieces fairly smooth. There needs to be entrance music before you start to come in, start your freestyle. That's for the sound check, and it also sets the theme. You want to attend the sound check at the show and make sure the volume you've chosen is appropriate. If they have very powerful speakers, it can scare your horse to death. So you've got to be careful. Mm -hmm. You've got to get your horse used to a louder volume than you might have at home. Exit music's not allowed, and don't add any flourishes as you leave the ring. In the very beginning, people would want to perhaps do a couple spins or something to say goodbye. and at this point, it's not allowed, so you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you want to have a, in your music a clear place to halt at the beginning and at the end, and you want to be sure your ending has some impact. Uh, the best freestyles build to the ending, and I've seen several recently that have an abrupt ending, or the rider almost looks apologetic, which is not what you want. It is <laughs> a horse show. You want to look proud of your horse. And then sometimes you'll see someone halt way before the ending and they just stand there waiting for the music to end. And again, the judges is filling out, is filling out the artistic marks. So if you're standing there waiting, that does not give a big impression. So at this point, you've either mixed your music or you've had it mixed for you. And um, unless you hired a designer to do the whole thing for you, you can choreograph your ride. Again, know the rules, what's in the score sheets. You have to include all movements and required transitions or you will incur a penalty. If you perhaps got nervous and left out a movement, 
you would get a zero for that required movement, and that would be averaged into your score. So this changes with every every level, starts pretty simple and goes on up from there. You want to try to highlight your horse's strong points and perhaps not feature the weaknesses. Now, the judges are smart, so if the walk is all down by A, the other end of the ring, they're going to know you're trying to hide that walk. So you have to be a little clever about it. But you, you can be smart about it. You can, if your horse is more relaxed walking on the rail, you can put it on the rail. It's not very creative, but if you show a better walk, that might help you. Or you could show your walk on a curve line. The most clear pattern in terms of choreography with good technical ability is usually the winner. Don't confuse the judge with busy patterns. Try to keep it simple and clear until you've got enough training on your horse to do more complicated patterns according to the level without stressing your horse. The pattern should be balanced in the arena and use the whole arena. Every once in a while I'll see someone and they didn't think about it, but it's all on one side of the ring, either the left or the right. And Mm. in that instance, the score has got to go down. But you can be creative. You can use the center line. You can use the quarter lines. And you can do circles in unusual places. This helps to make it a little bit more interesting and can raise the degree of difficulty if performed well. So that's, that's, that's a really important point. And what the degree of difficulty means is that you're able to perform all the movements at the highest test of the level with ease and are able to combine some movements or ride unusual lines and really show the horse to his best ability. And the main thing that you notice when it's good, it looks easy. Mm -hmm. It looks like a partnership. And interpretation, again, that's an artistic mark, is whether or not you hit all the musical changes. You know, both halts, do you stay with the music? Um, When we judge, we look at both the changes from gate to gate and the changes of the pace within the gate. So again, good music makes your horse look better and enhances the partnership between you and your horse. Maybe perhaps um, shows your horse's personality. Mm -hmm. Poorly chosen, chosen music can make the horse look too quick or too slow. It can create tension and perhaps maybe look the horse, make the horse look like he's trying to be something that he's not. An example would be plum fairies, which I have seen, by the way. And it, you, 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 know, you, you don't want to laugh at somebody, but every once in a while someone with a little pony will have you know, the ride of the Valkyries and this huge, bold music. And so you want to just make sure that it's suitable. So after you have your music and choreography, which now you've spent a lot of time on, you want to be sure that you've practiced this ride enough to be able to stay with the music and have some ideas to catch up or slow down if needed. You can always change where a transition is placed or where the ride ends because the judge does not know your floor plan or your choreography, and you can be a little, you know, you can adapt what, you know, maybe the footing was a little deep, or maybe there was a problem with a slick corner. So you don't have to do things at the letters. It can be quite creative. For me, um, I love to show freestyle because I feel like 
the operative word being free, I can do what I want in terms of perhaps tweaking the choreography a little bit. Um, the harmony score on the artistic side has the highest coefficient, as I already mentioned, and is very important in Western dressage as well as in classical dressage. It is the relationship score. How do you and your horse work together as a team? And how do you stay with the music? It requires a little extra skill on the rider's part. And really, I would just say, you really want to have fun with your horse and your freestyle and show your judge the correct training and your partnership with your horse. And if you're able to do that, you will not be disappointed. That is awesome. I have two pages worth of notes now. Well, I have six, so we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely think we covered a lot of ground in this, in this podcast. Is there a final word that you would like to share? You kind of did right there at the end. So, you know, just the idea that it's that harmony and, you know, showing them what you can do and blend it with the music and, you you definitely could do a good sales pitch on selling the um the paying for the freestyle designer because by the time you were done I wanted to pay for a freestyle designer. Yeah. So well, I mean, it, you know, you you send someone a video, they find out what kind of music you're interested in, they send you back some music to ride, you choose the music, then I mean, depending, it all depends how much you want to spend or how much time you want to put into it. They can choreograph it for you or you can do it yourself. But I have to tell you, it's money well spent because the amount of time, I mean, I've always done it myself, and the amount of time you end up spending is remarkable. Um, If someone's very musical, they might really enjoy the process and that they're still kind of home because of our current situation. Maybe they have the time to really learn how to do the music editing. Um, I'm, yeah, I can do it, but I'm not very good at it. So... I definitely, for myself, hire someone to mix the music for me because I'm just not up to up to snuff with doing it well enough. But I just in in conclusion, music and horses make a very magical experience. They just do. I mean, it's just look at the change in skating. You know, mm-hmm. skating used to do those technical required. Well, I can't remember what they used to call yeah. it, but it was they had to do a pattern that was measured technically. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's like watching some of our lower level dressage tests in that if you don't know a lot about it, it's kind of boring. However, music comes on and it changes everything because it looks as if the person is expressing themselves through the music. And in our case, we have a horse that also is interpreting and expressing the personality or the feeling of the music. So I've, I've always just been a huge freestyle fan. And will continue to believe that it is one of the most important aspects of really showing people what our sports are about because it's all about that relationship and harmony and the music just allows you to pursue it even further. So Mm -hmm. I would just say if you're interested in it, it's a lot of fun. I love to do it and I would highly recommend getting involved. Thank you so much. This was, uh, like I said, I've got notes and notes. So as we close, if people want to connect with you online, where's the best place they can find you? Well, I have a, wa- I have a website. I'm also on Facebook, um, Dolly Hannon 
dressage.com. And um, so either place, either on Facebook under Dolly Hannon or my website. And thank you very much for asking me to talk with you. Thank you again so much for sharing all of your knowledge. Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Thanks again to Diney Swanson and Dolly Hannon for joining me on today's show. In next month's episode, we will be discussing gated horses and Western dressage. If you're interested in hearing more from me, I have my own podcast, and you can find it in your podcast player by searching Stacy Westfall Horse Podcast. I also run a private Western Dressage Facebook group at Western Dressage with Stacy Westfall. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Uh-huh.